This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. So the fork-tongued Michael Cohen was on with Clinton Foundation donor Zero. We were talking about that last hour, GMA this morning, doing more of his uh, shape-shifting, trying to rehabilitate his image. He's not the villain here. He chose darkness over light, uh, misplaced loyalty, blah, blah, blah. And that's fine. It's all well and good to cover Michael Cohen. It was a decision that President Trump made to associate himself with this low life, and so you lie down with dogs, as the saying goes. Um, not in Poor Richard's Almanac, though, is uh, this other matter. Jim Comey's testimony last week, for example, in addition to what we now know about uh, how the Flynn interview was set up, in addition to Strzok and Page text messages missing. And um, Martha McCallum over at Fox News an actual serious person, uh, sat down with Trey Gowdy, almost a bit of an exit interview for Trey Gowdy, and Trey Gowdy held forth and did not hold back on one Jim Comey and his Mr. Smith goes to Washington routine. You know, Martha, um, I was disappointed in what he didn't remember, but I was much more disappointed in what he never knew. The head of the FBI has the campaign of a presidential candidate under investigation. He never read the initiation document, didn't know that Peter Strzok had signed it. Still to this day doesn't know that it makes reference to the Trump campaign. He just thinks it's four individuals. Doesn't know who Christopher Steele is. Doesn't know much about Bruce Orr. Knows nothing about efforts to either corroborate or contradict the dossier. Uh, Doesn't agree that there's a duty to produce exculpatory information. And gets a complete pass on all of the above. I mean, it's a great way uh, to put it, how Trey Gowdy did, which is to say more disappointed, more troubled by what he never knew rather than what he says he doesn't remember. And he's saying that tongue fully in cheek. Gowdy went on also to address something that Comey dismissed out of hand after his testimony last week, the idea there was anything approximating abuse of the FISA process, the FISA court. You know, I asked him, when did you learn that the DNC was funding the oppo research into Trump? Oh, I don't know. As if it doesn't matter. Well, if you know and you're not telling a judge, I mean, don't you think it's relevant? Hey, my political enemies are responsible for everything I'm giving you or a third of what I'm getting you, giving you. A judge wants to know that. So Comey is one of the best I've ever seen at always being right in his mind. Um, and it doesn't matter if he's a universe of one. Um, When you write a book about ethics and morality, um, uh, that in and of itself is a uh, fairly um, high opinion of yourself thing to do. Um, Comey just thinks he's always right. And it doesn't matter if Horowitz thinks he's wrong and it doesn't matter if everyone else concludes he did wrong. Um, He knows better. So that's what it's like to to interview an amnesiac with incredible hubris. Well, and it's funny you mentioned that because I saw incredible hubris open for Amnesiac at the Aragon Ballroom in 87. hey Thank you very much. It's a good show you still remember. Yeah. For more on this topic and others, we're pleased to be joined again by our friend Brett Baer. He is the uh, anchor of Special Report. Of course, Fox News, 5 p.m. Chicago time weekdays. The book, Three Days in Moscow, Ronald Reagan and the Fall of the Soviet Empire. Brett, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Good morning. So, um... I don't know which you want to tackle first. You want to tackle Cohen or you want to tackle the other side of the house, which uh, 
you know, a few outlets and a few reporters like Martha McCallum are actually paying attention to. Yeah, you know, it is stark. You know, we often talk about stories that, you know, don't get picked up in mainstream media. This is a giant story that you would think would be an easy, you know, touch the other side, balance things out, but it doesn't even get talked about. And that is strange, you know, and there's a lot there. I talked to a former federal prosecutor last night at one of the gazillion Christmas parties you have to go to in <laughs> Washington. And um, he said, and he is not a political guy, you know, um, he said that it really stinks on the other side of this coin. I mean, yes, the, the prosecutors and, and the U.S. attorneys in the Southern District of New York are writing it in a way uh, that this potentially is a problem, you know, despite all the FEC questions about campaign finance violations. But the other side, he said, when the FBI and how it responded and how it acted with Michael Flynn, um, James Comey and his amnesia, he said it really stinks. And if you had a Bob Mueller and his prosecutors putting as much focus as they are on Trump on the other side, he said you would you would produce a lot of um, of action. Right. And so. I mean, the uh, and, and the question, I guess, is what's the handicapping inside the Beltway since you're forced to go to all these Christmas parties? Maybe you've heard uh, with respect to the incoming attorney general. Is William Barr going to reshuffle the deck and attach some seriousness to the look see at the other side of the house, as you were describing it? And, and, and also the evidence that's been presented, you know, like the Horowitz in, uh, reports, the referral on McCabe. Are, are, are those going to be revisited? Is there any indication that the Department of Justice under new leadership may take those issues up? I think it's very possible. Barr has talked about that publicly before. Um, and there is a, a, according to this federal prosecutor I talked to last night, is a growing contention inside the DOJ and inside the you know, justice overall that says, listen, if you're going to do one, you have to do the other because justice is blind. And, and right now, a lot, is, uh, a lot of people are turning a blind eye to all of the strange things on how that, that uh, investigation unfolded. Yeah, it looks like it's not, right now it seems like Lady Justice is peeking below the blindfold a little bit, and uh, yeah. so we're going to yeah. see. Uh, I wanted to get your take as well on um, the uh, decision by the Senate yesterday to essentially— uh, withdraw support for the proxy war in Yemen between uh, Saudi Arabia and Iran, the implications of that for uh, Trump's uh, principled realist foreign policy in the Middle East. I know the administration was um, making an effort to to prevent that, and uh, they feel like they're making headway with negotiations um, with Iran and Yemen and Saudi Arabia when it comes to dealing with that situation. But uh, it's an interesting uh, bedfellows here getting together. You know, Mike Lee and Bernie Sanders uh, were fighting for this because they feel it's uh, Congress's duty, and they've been long uh, boxed out of anything when it comes to war powers. So Yemen is one of these situations where it's obviously a humanitarian crisis, 
and uh, Congress acted. I think you'll probably see like that um, challenging this president's foreign policy. You know, uh, Khashoggi recently was put on Time Magazine's Person of the Year Award, along with other media outlets that they claim were have been under attack. Do you still feel that that's narrative that that is still going on you as mean, a member uh, of the media? Only journalists? Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. But I'm just well, saying, you know, it, the media in general. I mean, I know they talked about the Gazette where their employees were killed and one of the sales associates was killed as well. Yeah. Listen, it's a dangerous uh, region. And uh, if you look, you know, Turkey has been really loud about Saudi Arabia and this Khashoggi thing. Turkey has the most journalists in jail currently Mm -hmm. in the world. Um, And so it's a little ironic that Erdogan is out there saying, you know, it's horrific what happened with Saudi Arabia. That said, the Saudis really screwed up. And uh, this is a major, major uh, problem. And uh, hence Congress's action. And I think, you know, other countries are going to have similar action towards the Saudis. Well, and uh, just speaking of consistency on the topic, um, how about our virtue signaling institutions of higher education? Like, I don't know, my alma mater, Northwestern, Northwestern Georgetown, a report by the Financial Times. The top two recipients of largesse funding from Gulf states, uh, a total of $2.2 billion from Gulf states to U.S. universities since the beginning of 2012, with Saudi Arabia representing uh, 580 million of that uh, 2.2 billion, so uh, will we see Georgetown and Northwestern and others divest from their Saudi Arabian cash? <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah, it's, you know, Just, there's a lot of a lot of money being flown around. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, there's there's some reporting out there. The Daily Beast has a piece that says the special counsel, once it gets through this Russia charge um, and whatever. Mueller comes up with or doesn't is going to uh, explore what they've found as far as Middle Eastern pumping money into the political system. Now, if that happens and the special counsel takes a a detour that way, uh, Washington might as well just fess up because there's so much money from all of those Middle Eastern countries, especially Saudi Arabia, in Washington on both sides of the aisle that it will be a... um, a big moment and start at the Clinton Foundation. Um, hey, let me ask you uh, about uh, the status of uh, Trump uh, zeroing in on a new chief of staff and where you think that stands at present. You know, the president met last night with Chris Christie at the White House. I think it was his second meeting. Uh, I think that in temperament and job that Chris Christie is kind of the guy that that would be perfect, minus the fact that he put Jared Kushner's father in jail. So. <laughs> Um, you know, the fam- family dynamics there may prevent that from happening. Yeah. But maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. I yeah. mean, maybe maybe he does it anyway. Hey, Michael Cohen making the rounds now. He did his first sit-down with George Stephanopoulos. Are you guys efforting him to try and get his side of the story, or are you going to move on? We'll use George's soundbite. <laughs> no, I'm sure we're asking for an interview, but, um, <laughs> you know, I think he's saying the same – I think he's saying the same stuff, you know. Um I'm not sure he's illuminating anything new, um, but I, I do think that the special counsel is trying to get some water the stone when it comes to Michael Cohen, and, and part of this sentencing may be uh, to cooperate full, more fully than he has already on, on Mueller's investigation. I think we're 
still weeks away from from a conclusion. Yeah, your um, uh, Fox News contributor Jonathan Turley, you know, GW law professor, I think, had the definitive line on Michael Cohen in terms of the D.C. press course coverage. The idea this is some sort of fall from grace. You cannot fall from a place you never occupied. Uh, Brett, yeah. Brett Bear, Fox News special report anchor, weekdays, 5 p.m. Chicago time. The book, Three Days in Moscow, Ronald Reagan and the Fall of the Soviet Empire. Brett, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. You too. And, yeah, and he joined us on our turnkey.pro.